Yo, what up, high and wide fam? I'm Delco Dave. I'm joined by Natalie and our very special guest, Miss Nicole Sherman. Nicole, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Natalie, how about yourself? I- I'm doing very well. So uh, the Flyers dropped. Uh, the Flyers stole one today, which is new for us and probably a little shocking for the Islanders recently, considering they were one four out of their last five coming in. Nicole, what'd you see today? Uh, I saw a tired team. It's a team who played five games in the last seven days, and I mean, it was obvious on the ice. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the Flyers actually bounced back from what I thought would have been an emotional letdown, considering the trade. Natalie, what'd you see today from the Flyers? Yeah, you, they didn't steal one. I, I don't know why you said they stole one. I think the Flyers <laughs> outplayed the Islanders today. Um, it was like the first time in a while we haven't ridden on Carter Hart's shoulders. Um, and I think, you know, I think Tippett really set the tone. And I think when he, his first few shifts, you realized how the, mentali- the mentality of this entire team, the entire season, because he stood out so much. And then they eventually played to his – look like a good team today. That's uh, I, I agree with what you said about Tippett standing out. Um, from him ringing one off the post early in the game, I feel like he made his presence felt, which is huge considering him – being, you know, a trade deadline acquisition and people feeling like it was underwhelming him coming in. People are like weren't happy with him being the centerpiece of that trade. And I think he did. I think he made a huge impact today. Um, Nicole, I, I think uh, there's been a little bit of trade chatter around the Islanders coming up, but nobody make any moves. Um, what have you been hearing as far as their trade? Deal? I think the Flyers trade line trade deadline is pretty much over. We made our big trade. We'll have some other pieces here and there. But our big move was Giroux. What are you hearing from the Islanders side of things as far as trades go? Uh, yeah, I'm hearing that it's going to be a quiet deadline. Um, that if vets want to go to a contender, they'll be moved. But it's basically counting on them to ask for that. Um, the management thinks this is a team that, with a few tweaks, can go back to contending next season. So I'm not expecting very many moves at all. Oh, well. Well, that's good. It's the exact opposite over here. We think it's headed to a fire sale, basically. I mean, they held out Justin Braun today from the game. I think people were expecting a move. Um, I haven't heard anything yet on that end. Have you, Natalie? No, no, not at all. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I would expect Broussard and uh, Jones to go with them. But, I mean, I haven't yeah, heard I anything. Think, uh, yeah, I think Broussard, Braun, Jones are all for sure uh, potential moves there. Uh I don't know if we had anybody else. I, I don't think we can move any other contracts unless we're going to be able to dump JVR for anything. Basically, it would be great. I just want him <laughs> off the ice, like not to be mean, but I just want him to stop dragging the team down. Yeah, that breakaway today was everything. That that showed everything. You guys been in the league for how many years, and that's how you end up on a breakaway? It, it feels like he's been in this league forever. To be honest with you, I don't know. He's playing like he's been in this league forever. You know, time's up. Yeah, 100%. But uh, so the Islanders opened the score with an unassisted goal from Sezikis, and then we had a two-goal game from Kevin Hayes. Um, what do you think about Hayes today, Natalie? You know, I thought he was very fortunate to play with Farabee because Farabee really stepped up today. You know, those goals that he had, you know, he was wide open. He had to score those goals. But I think Hayes, you know, I thought – he was a liability at once, and now he's back to what where he was. You know, now he's an asset out there. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that comes with getting healthy. I mean, it only took him like four surgeries, but he, he seems like he's finally looking right. It seems like he's finally doing what he, you know, what we brought him in here to do, and he's playing to his game. But I agree with you with Farabee. I mean, for sure on that first that first goal was all hustle from Farabee. He made the play there, and uh, Connecty and Hayes had the easiest jobs in the world. One pays one touch pass from Connecty, and Hayes finished it to an empty net. And he almost didn't finish it. Sorokin almost got the save. <laughs> Hayes he didn't lift it. He just fired it as best he could. Nicole smiling there, but yeah, Sorokin almost had that. Hayes almost didn't finish that. But uh, I mean, speaking of Sorokin. 37 shots on goalie's face, stop 35. And I don't think you could ask much more out of Sorokin today, Nicole. He's been like the one Islander that I have no, com- I've had no complaints over like this season. Um, especially after the game against the Rangers, you're going in here, you get very little defensive support. You have a team in front of you who's playing undisciplined. I mean, what else can you ask of him for? Yeah, no, he, we, we he played very disciplined on his head today, today for sure. Like that was on our side today, I was surprised how disciplined yeah. we played. Well, I mean, it... like, yeah, like, that, was, that, that was new. I, it, it, I, uh, when, I, when I wrote it up about my betting preview for today's game, I actually questioned that. I also pointed out there's gonna be a bit of a feeling out period, I think, for the Flyers. It's gonna be hard to kind of see exactly what, what kind of team this is gonna be, who's gonna be showing up. Like, new leaders are gonna emerge, younger players are gonna have bigger uh roles. I, I thought the discipline actually was kind of impressive. I wasn't sure what we were gonna get out of this team, but you know, you're right, Nat. Like this team played very disciplined. Is this something that we're gonna see all season now? Is this gonna be, you know, the next 20 games or so? Is this how you think it's gonna close it out? I think it's just it is. a mirage. No, I, I think it is. I think there was everyone realized today that they had to be mature now. You know, now there's there's no captain right now. So everyone, you know, now they're they've stepped it up a level, and it's. I mean, it's only one game, so I mean, I don't know where it's going to go next game. All of a sudden, we might be back to where we were. But you know, I really think the way they played today was something that they can sustain, and I think they'll look back at this and say, "Oh, we are not a bad team," you know, because let I me mean, look on look on paper. Like, why was this a national game today? Because they thought the Islanders were going to be good, and we were going to be good, and you know. Both teams underperform, but there's talent there on both sides. You know, so I think next year you're going to see something different, and you'll see these two teams competing. I mean, I I hope so from a flyer standpoint. I mean, Nicole, you already mentioned that this management thinks that uh, the New York Islanders management thinks that this team is not far off in just a few tweaks. Uh, well, what did they say about the Islanders as far as what's wrong? What what did, what were the Islanders missing that their season went wrong? For I mean, starting off, there were a, a few major factors. We had that 13-game road trip. Then we had COVID. Um, so the start wasn't great. And I like if we only had one of those, I think we might have a chance at a wild card. Um, but ignoring that, for um, the past few seasons, fans have been asking for a legitimate score, which we don't have. We don't have that uh, sniper who can go in Barzell's wing and finish. And I... Th- it's not going to be easy to acquire that. We don't know if like, but you have to look for a trade or a free agent who can do that or else you're going to waste your cup window. Um, and obviously we have a defensive hole we need to fit. Um, Phil, Chara and Green, I don't see them coming back. You have, now you sort of have like a hole which Ajo is filling, which has been odd. Um, so we need 
even if Salah comes up, at least one legitimate defenseman who's not just sort of on the edge of the roster. Yeah, I mean, uh, your first point about snipers, th- those kind of guys don't grow on trees. I feel like the Flyers have been looking, on one f- looking for one for almost a decade and a half now uh, for somebody to play with Giroux before we got, got rid of him. But, uh, you know, this this for us, this was the what I called the, the first game of the PG era, the post-Giroux era. Um, and I, I couldn't be more, couldn't have been more impressed. Uh, th- this was a, a game that, like Nat said earlier, it seemed like we dominated. Um, and I... I, I hope that this team proved to management that they are closer to contending next season as opposed to needing a full rebuild from our perspective. Because, I mean, Natalie, we talked about it before, about it. This is a team to burn it down and, you know, just burn it to the ground and rebuild and start from scratch. And I think a game like this shows that this team has the ability to win games and compete with, with teams where they're at right now. So, Going into this offseason, what do you see that Chuck Fletcher is going to do if this team continues to stay where they're at like they were today? What's he going to do in the offseason to get us back to playoff contention? That's a great question because I still think he's stuck on players who are not wonderful, like Broussard and Brown, you know, guys who seem like they're, they're his players. Very like I, I'm hoping that they just accumulate a lot of picks and we work with what we have. But we do need a center. I mean, it's that simple. We just got rid of our best one. And I don't even know if they can get rid of Bristard because who's going to play center when he's gone? <laughs> you know, I, so, I mean, I think center is the biggest need. And he has I to don't do see. St- yeah, I don't see him acquiring a center at the deadline, though. That's definitely for sure an offseason thing because I think this is yeah. going to be all selling of parts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, It'll be only if there's any prospects. I, and I don't know if he's going to get any NHL-ready player with what he has left to sell off. I mean, oh, we no. mentioned it. Braun, Brashard, uh, maybe JVR if we can find a sucker for that trade right there. Um, so I don't see anybody coming in uh, that will fill any needs next year in any kind of trade. We made our one big move. The rest of it's going to be draft picks or you know long-term projects or long shots to make the roster kind of prospects. Um, so I guess getting back to today's game though, Nicole, uh, you guys obviously took the loss two one, but what bright spots did you see today from the Islander side of things? Soroka, <laughs> that's been my answer all season, right? Uh, <laughs> him, I think if you don't have him, you lose maybe four one. I mean, you you can't ask for more from him. You have Walsh from who wasn't great. I would have liked him to get on the score sheet has been like quite a few games now, but he doesn't hesitate to shoot. And on an Islanders team, which doesn't shoot a lot, that's nice to see. Yeah, I actually, uh, one of the guys from the Islanders I was excited to watch today was Noah Dobson. I kind of was hoping to see uh, what he could do. He had a bit of a quiet game, but he's been on a tear most of this season. I think, um, I mean, he's been comparable to uh, Kale McCarr over the last month, month and a half or so. Um, but it seemed like he had kind of a quiet game, but he seems like a building block for you guys going forward. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're seeing sort of this offensive flourishing from him, which has been very exciting because we don't usually get a lot of offense from the blue line. But I think um, the Islanders have this phenomenon when like, the defense, when it's not going well, no one plays well. And so you sort of see that uh, leak over to Dobson. 
Um, even like Pelic, who usually is very solid, he's been he had a relatively weak game for him. So you sort of see that trend going up and down the ice. Do you think Char throwing him into the mix kind of ruined things a little bit? Oh, a lot. I mean, he to start off, like let's ignore him as a player. He broke apart the best defensive pairing in the game because <laughs> Pollock was babysitting him. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well you gotta think char is not coming back next year right nicole oh if he does i will pay for the billboard myself <laughs> we know how the last one went <laughs> oh god like i well, i wanted because the islanders they were so like they were looking fresh and they were looking young and then they have like parisi now stuff and i'm like what no, he's great he's he's one player who has not looked his age at all i mean I think the consensus is you'd find like 90% of Islanders fans would love to have him back for like the same contract. He's, he's been outperforming it by 4 million. I think um, looking at the last player card, it, he's been amazing. I mean, eight goals, 16 assists and 59 games for him. So it's not been terrible for, for Parisi. You're getting some decent I mean, production he's there. He's playing on, I mean, he's been playing up and down the lineup. He's been with Barzi for a while, but like before that, he was fourth line, third line, which is sort of like the shutdown lines. And he even played center when we needed him. I mean, there's not much more you can ask for someone on league minimum to do. No, I mean, if that, and that's kind of what you look for in veteran additions. I mean, uh, definitely better than most of our veteran additions this offseason, <laughs> considering all the injuries we had. At least he's showing up and playing the games. Exactly, and that sets him apart from someone like Chara, I think, who, as soon as we signed him, I said, you know, this is nice. It's a good feel, good story. He's back when he started. But we he cannot be in the top four. And what do we do? He's in the top four. <laughs> I wonder if this season was a wake-up call for him. He, you know, he's already won the cup. He's accomplished almost everything you can, basically, as as an NHL defenseman. So you have to feel like maybe he's ready to hang it up and you know just call it a career. I think Islanders fans are um, sort of hoping that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like when Allen Iverson came back to the Sixers. Instant. Yeah, like, just a waste. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Not quite the swan song you want it to be. You see, I think you see that a lot though, where guys come back to where they started. Yeah, I feel and, like the sort of, um, just it's time. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think uh, you know sometimes there's just times for guys to wrap it up. You know, it doesn't always go well like that. Uh, but we touched on Dobson. Um, now, what did you think about the Flyers' defensive court today? They looked. The best that they have looked in a long time. Um, I think Prover was by far Prover's best game in a while, and I don't know. Maybe there's a new mentality that he, now now he's the guy because you know he would have been the guy you know after Drew left to take over this team, and maybe he realized that today. Um, but we were like we were getting our stick out. We were we weren't staring at the puck as usually do like it didn't look like a power play or a penalty kill constantly you know so I, I was impressed and you know Hart didn't have to do a lot of work yeah Hart had to make 26 out of 27 saves um Provorov three shots and three block shots over 23 minutes of ice time um so I 
I, I, Provorov's an interesting name because uh, we've heard all kinds of things as far as Provorov goes coming into the trade deadline. He's a young player um, with a lot of term on his left on his contract at a decent cap hit. And we've been hearing rumors that, you know, he wants out of Philadelphia, that he might not want to be here. Nat, what do you think about Provorov getting moved? Um, I would not mind it, but I just hope you get a good return and we would get the return of the Provorov of old and not what we see this year. Because I, I mean, I'm hoping that this is just one bad year and that, you know, he's not playing with Ellis. You know, so I want to see that again. But I would not be upset about it because I don't think we're losing a stud. You know, I once thought that, you know. I think a lot of people consider Provorov a stud at one point. And, and the, you mentioned not playing with Ellis, and that's uh, that's something you hear. That like, oh, you know, his best seasons were with the, you know, a veteran next to him, Niskanen, or, you know, Ellis for a couple games this year. At some point, you want that guy to take the next step. Um, uh, Nicole, like, do you think Noah Dobson, your guy's stud defenseman, do you think he carries a defensive pair on his own, or does he need somebody there with him to rely on? At his blossoming happened when half of our most of our defense was gone. We were playing mostly AHLers, and that's when we sort of saw him step up. Um, so I think actually having sort of a vet next to him kind of brings him down. I'd like to see him being given more responsibility going forward. Oh, see, that, that's what we'd want to see from Provorov, but it always seems to be the opposite. And I don't know if it's in his head. If it's it's got to be a mental thing to me because guys like Provorov, these guys that make the NHL and then play hockey their whole lives and have these expectations on them, like they don't just forget how to play hockey. It's not like they woke up one morning and don't know what they're doing. Like they, they know how to play hockey, so it has to be in his head. I don't know if he's putting too much pressure on himself or, or if it's outside noise or if it's coaching. I don't know what it is. Is Provorov now? What do you think is holding Provorov back right now? You know, I, 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 I have no clue. I mean, but see, today we saw shades of old Provorov. He was stick handling very well. Um, and you know, I really, I, the Flyers are afraid to take him off the power, even though he shouldn't be on there, because they're afraid they're going to hurt his mentality even more. I wish they would make a change with that. Yeah, I think and I can uh, tell you what's wrong with him though. Yeah, it's I, mental. He has this the ability, and we saw it today. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you. I wish they would take him off the power play and just let him get back to playing simple hockey. Like, hey man, look, dude, just well, just play five on five. Like, no power play, no penalty kill. We're gonna still have you on the top line. We're gonna still have you out there doing the job, but just focus. Just 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 play your game that you knew. Simplify everything. Go back to what you do best. Play to your strengths. We're not going to sweat the special teams, all right? We're not going to ask too much of you. Just get back to playing the game that you played your whole life. Just get back to doing that. Don't overthink it. Don't do anything else. Just go ahead. You know, be a defenseman playing hockey. That's it. That's the end of it. You don't have to worry about anything else. I think that's exactly what you need. I think he would need a reset, something to kind of catch his breath. You know what I mean? Just go back to doing things that, you know, he has confidence in. And I think that could help him grow as a player and get his head straightened out a little bit. You know, I don't know if he, maybe he doesn't take criticism well because from the beginning, we everyone was in love with him and he played well from the beginning. You know, maybe now that he's become the man, maybe he can't handle that. Yeah, who knows? Or, or like you said, with Giroux gone and now he was supposed to be the man, maybe today, you know, 
some shackles came off for him. You know what I mean? G's gone. Uh, it's turning of a page. Maybe he felt a little bit looser or something like that. I mean, when he first came here, he was compared to Nick Lidstrom. Like, that was the comparison from, like, day one. Like, w- one of the best defensemen ever played a game, NHL Hall of Famer. We compared him to Nicholas Lidstrom. Like, it, it, when you set the bar that high, like, you're almost bound to fail. Absolutely. Um, and I think we do that with all of our young players here. Set them up to fail by building them up so much. I mean, I, you can say that about Frost. Frost oh, is a very sure. mediocre player, and we built him up to be something, a legend, before he even, you know, stepped on the ice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's more an indictment on the Flyers development staff than anything else. They just have a hard time developing prospects. But uh, so, so, Nicole, it says we're talking prospects and young players. What, what do you feel about the Islanders organization and their player development and the prospects they have coming up and who you have faith in or who you don't have faith in? Yeah, I mean, so um, our prospect pool and the development are two very different things. I think the prospect pool itself is underrated. Not a lot of stars, but I think we have some sneaky NHL caliber players there. Uh, On the development side of things, we have Brent Thompson, um, who cannot develop forwards. (laughs) Um, That's been an issue for a while. I think a lot of fans are sort of getting disenchanted with the way he's running our AHL team, um, not enough focus on actually developing offensive players. Um, but our uh, we got a huge steal with Aturatu in this past draft, and I think that um, he's a huge boon to the prospect pool, and a lot of fans are really excited about that. Uh, we have William Dufour, who's been carrying up the queue recently, um, a good young goalie, Salo, uh, who's in the AHL right now. So there's definitely some, t- some talent, some potential there. It's just a matter of actually being able to turn them into NHL players. Yeah, I mean, we know all about trying to turn prospects into NHL players and how that goes sideways mm-hmm. for us. Um, I couldn't really name the, our best homegrown talent besides Provorov. It's probably all we really got right now. I mean, connecting, I guess. But yeah. I, I think, I mean, Natalie, connect me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there's really anybody on this uh, NHL roster that we feel like has lived up to what they were built as or has reached oh, their ceiling really. Absolutely not. And they're all, to me, like even watching today, they played fine, and, but they're all kind of the same level to me. You know, you can mix and match all the lines. You know, you have JVR on the top line, he's the worst player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we just, we need that one stud. And I think we're going to have to wait for him, but... Well, I, I mean, you said a good point there that they're all based on the same player, and I think that's kind of what this. Unfortunately, I think that's what this franchise wants. This franchise loves these like the, the two hundred foot players, the the, the two way forward, the play the game the right way. They never let anybody actually, uh, you know, play to what they were drafted to be. Nobody ever gets to be the offensive dynamo they were supposed to be. Like you know, Frost you mentioned a little bit ago. Frost is supposed to be an offensive playmaker, a guy that's going to generate offense and generate scoring chances, but all they want him to do is focus on being a checking forward. And if that's all you want someone to do, that's all they're going to be. Like, you can't expect someone to be this, you know, offensive force and then tell them to play on the fourth line and to grind out shifts. Like, it just doesn't seem – it seems that like they send contradicting messages. And I feel no, I that going to do that descri- I thought you were describing like, don't do the that Islanders. To tip it. I thought you were describing the Islanders. <laughs> that sounds exactly like the problem we have. I mean, you have Barzell forced into 
to become a, like a two-way forward. That's not what he is. You have Wallstrom, who has been getting a lot of limited ice time on the third line because they want him to be more defensively responsible. But he is someone who can shoot and he is someone who can finish. And yes. I feel like the system is holding these offensive players back. And it's, it's just painful to see because you see the potential. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's exactly what this team does too. It's it's just this old school mentality of like, you know, you have to earn your minutes. You know what I mean? Before you can, you know, go be an offensive scorer, you have to learn how to, you know, dig, grind in the in, in the corners, win battles along the boards, block shots. You, you have to play, you know, 9, 10, 11 minutes a night on the fourth line. And then you can earn some pe- uh, penalty kill time. And then if you do that well, we'll slide you up to the third line. And may, maybe then we'll throw you on 12 seconds a night on the on the second power play unit. Like, it's just this old school mentality that, oh, you know, all these young guys, they need to earn their keep. So let's play these veterans like Jay are on the first line and not let some of these kids that we drafted with offensive talent to play offense. Exactly. Josh Bailey is our extra attacker. <laughs> Nat, you were getting ready to jump in there earlier. Uh, I feel like you see this, see things the same way as me. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think we're just we're in love with our veterans. We always have been, and that has been we've taken the confidence away from the young players by that because they're not looking out. If you're out there inspired watching JVR, I mean, I mean, what's going through your mind thinking, why can't I get his minutes? Why can't I be out playing the best line? I mean, I'm better than he is. What's my problem. And you know, like, that's why, like, when they won't put Sandheim on the power play, I'm like, is he still earning his way onto the power play? I mean, they allow York to play on it, but I'm like, to me, I'm like, just put him out there, and that would make a ton of difference. And I don't understand. It drives me insane. Like, everyone has to earn everything. What do you like? Just do what makes sense. Yeah, just put people in position to succeed. Like, and then like when they do succeed, even in these like condensed scenarios that you put them in, they do manage to succeed. And even when they have a good game, it's like, hey, you know, what? we're gonna send you back down to the AHL. <laughs> like, like Frost bounced back and forth multiple times. And sometimes it was after a good game. Like the guy would have a good game. We'd be talking about like, oh, you know, he looked like he was confident on the puck today. He looked like he was doing really good things today. And then we're like, oh, like, uh, well, he's, he's going back down to the, the AHL. What, what happened here? What's going on? Well, you know, we still need him to work on some things. What? What? The guy looked like he belonged the last two games. Why is he getting sent down now? Like it's so baffling to me. So where does that fall on? Like, is, is it, does that fall on the front office? Is that the GM? Is that the head coach? Like, who, who do you think's making the call? Who's looking at things, making the decisions, going, oh, this guy can't play on my team right now? I mean, I, I thought it was AV, but I, I mean, I, I can't say Yo has – he doesn't seem like he's the man right now. No, like, I thought – you know, I think he's just, you know, playing along with Chuck and everyone. Yeah, well, well, Yo came out and uh, was a little critical a week ago or a few days, uh, you know, four or five days ago, and then came out the next day and had to like walk back his comments and apologize. So I think that right there showed you exactly what kind of authority Mike Yo has in this Flyers <laughs> locker room. Like, hey, He's hey, hey, every night, and I'm like, why are you positive every single night? You should get on this team because it's not they they don't have the ability. It's that they're just not hustling. They're not playing. You know, like I, it's being them all. 
Yeah, well, like I said, the one time he did jump on them, he had to walk back his comments the next day. So like I said, like, the, the, to me, that said all I needed to know about Mike Yo's standing. Like, he, he's not calling any shots, I don't think. But uh, so, but over to you, Nicole. So, now, where do you think it falls for the Islanders between coaching staff and management? Who is it that's holding these players back as far as who's calling the shots? Is, is it Uncle Lou? <laughs> You know, if I say anything bad, I think two men in black suits are going to go and shoot him in the head. <laughs> um, but it's a mix. You know, you have Trotz who loves his vets. The kids get a very short leash, which we've seen since he came over. Um, and when the system works, it works. But it hasn't been working. Then you have Lou, who's been signing older players. You know, we say he loves his vets. He loves his ex-devils. Um, and we sort of you need to see some fresh blood infused. So it's, it's, I don't think we can blame it on any one person. Um, it's a mix of coaching and management. And I think they need to work together to sort of inject some, some young blood into this lineup, which has just been getting older year after year. Are you surprised that Lou hasn't created a defensive powerhouse like he did with the Devils? Like that's what I he mean, was known for. We, so we have Pelican Pollock now locked for seven years on great contracts. They're the best defensive pairing in the league and they've been playing together again. We have Dobson, who I think has the potential to win the Norris one day if he continues sort of the tra- trajectory. The problem is that sort of Mayfield um, and then the two vets, they're um, very volatile. And um, I think... You know, we're looking, we're missing offense. So I think if you're foc- like by focusing on defense, um, that that's not really that's not really the issue right now. Um, we've been able to play trap up until this year. Um, even like we might not have been the Devils, but we were able to sort of play that boring trap style. Um, I don't, I don't think that's the issue. I think it's very much offensive. I, th- I think that's uh, almost a trademark of Lou Lamarello teams is you know a lack of offense. Like he builds his teams, like Natalie said, like his defensive powerhouses. Um, and I think like for the last few years, like you mentioned, like the Islanders have been a quality defensive team, um, suppressing shots, limiting teams. You, you mentioned the trap. Um, so you're saying that hasn't been the case this year. I mean, I've only watched so no, much of the no, Islanders. No, no. Uh, I mean, like. Just today, uh, the shot discrepancy, that's been happening all year, pretty much. Um, you have games where um, if the goaltender lets in one, sh- one goal, that's it. You, you sort of just know you're done for. Uh, that's been sort of like how the season's been. You have, um, I mean, Pollock was injured for a bit, but even to start off the season, they weren't playing together. So right there, the pairing that's been able to shut everyone down, they weren't doing that. You have Chara, who started off just taking a lot of bad penalties and not being reliable in his own zone. You have Mayfield, who also like lost his man a lot to start off. You have Dobson, who isn't that great defensively. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, so you sort of that that system fell apart. Got you. So interesting. I feel like you know. Lou and Trotz, like defense is their their trademark. Like Trotz made, you know, most of his career as the Predators head coach, 
basically creating defensemen like that. The predator, the national predators became a defenseman factory under trots and, you know, kind of became the identity of that team. So seeing him coaching a team that struggles defensively is kind of shocking. Um, on the flip side for us, Natalie, uh, a plus 10 shot differential is uh, s- something new for us. I know. Um, we've been averaging over 34 shots against the game. So having the Islanders check get only 27 was huge for us. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to keep teams under 30 shots against uh, 30 shots on goal a game going forward. But it, I do think we saw some defensive improvement today from a you know defensive system standpoint. Yeah, I, mean, I, I still there was a problem, but watching him today a little bit, I'm like, he's still not a, a sturdy defenseman. <laughs> like he, he's not very grounded, and guys can skate around him. It's, but you know, but then Sanheim might be the best player on the Flyers right now. So, and that might be Risto's fault. You know, so. <laughs> I uh, I'm all for. I mean, I've said before on the show how much I am for the Sandheim Risto uh, pair to stay together because I I just love it uh, as far as chaos that comes from that defensive pair. Anytime that pair lets in a goal, yeah, there's two different groups of people: one defending whatever Ristolainen did, and the other group killing him for whatever he did. And it feels like a lot less of those goals are going in to on the ice now. At the beginning of the season, it was always them, but yeah. now it's usually not those two. That could be you, you. Could be looking at our top pair next year. Well, now now Dallas back. I mean, unless he's done for good. I mean, who knows what's going on with him? <laughs> he's mystery. Yeah, I I forgot that he even existed. To be honest with you. What if uh I I didn't see did anybody did you see if Philip Myers got claimed yesterday? Uh, oh no, he passed. Did he? Yeah. Oh man, I would have loved to have seen him come back to uh, the Flyers right there. No, <laughs> no, you wouldn't have loved that. We basically no. got Ryan Ellis for almost nothing. No, I I don't understand Phil Myers at all, and why people loved him so much. I couldn't stand up. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, again, it's it was like a fan where- favorite. I mean. It's one of those things where he's a bunch of like, you see the potential there with that. He had, he had the makings of like what could be an amazing defenseman. And, uh, you know, it, it was all potential and hope with him. You know, he's one of those guys that you sell to the fran- to the fan base that, you know, what he can be, even if he never develops. The difference would be if he comes back as a waiver claim after we traded him for a guy, there would be no expectations. Like he could be like a really good seventh defenseman and people would be okay with that i think because you know you wouldn't expect any more out of them my biggest disappointment this entire year might be sam warren that because i was oh. so excited last year watching i was so excited you know i was to see what he would bring this year and we'll, we might never <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if we're ever going to see sam yeah we, we're never gonna we're never gonna see him yeah, he's another one that we're not even sure if he exists anymore. Yeah. Or with, with our luck, what will happen is he'll end up going to the Islanders and becoming, you know, a 10-time All-Star or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he'll okay. fill that role that they that they need for a defensive defenseman out there. Yeah. We haven't we haven't talked about this. What did you think of the – did you think the Flyers got fleeced? For the Drew trade? Yes. Well, so – all right. So some of the things I heard was that 
Drew basically only wanted to go to Florida. So if he if if that was the case and Florida knew that, there was nothing that Chuck could really do. Like it was either keep Drew and it was keep Drew or get whatever you could for him. And that's what he ended up doing. That being said, the other part of that, and I think it was on Snow the Goalie was the podcast that said it, that basically Drew goes, Hey, listen, I want to come back in the offseason. Is that something that can happen? And Chuck Fletcher goes, No. And then Drew's response to that was, Well, then I only want to go to Florida. Like I was gonna work with you, but now I only want to go to Florida. In which case I'm not even mad at Drew. Like you had you have a no movement clause for a reason, so you can use it. So yeah. it, you know, if, if that's how the conversation went and they're, they're like, Oh no, we don't think we have a spot for you next year. All right, no problem then, man. Like send me to Florida, get whatever you can get. I'm out of here. For a rental player who is 34 years old and you don't need him on the Panthers, you score the most goals in the league. He's a luxury for you right now. Oh, yeah. So you, if you're the Panthers, you, you anything up, you know, and, and people are like, oh, Shira, you know, they got a first round in 2023 for him. They needed, he's going to play on the top pair for them. I, I know that was. They lost that trade in a sense, but it's still helping them win this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, I don't see what my people are complaining about that, you know? Yeah. I mean, as far as the Sherrod trade goes, they're two different things, you know, especially, I mean, the Sherrod trade looks even better for Florida now in hindsight because Ekblad got banged up and they don't know the extent of that injury. But even before that, like you said, Sherrod was going to play on the top pair. So, Florida, when it came to the Drew, that is exactly 100% a luxury move. They made that move because they want to go win right now. Like, there is no win one playoff series. Anything less than a Stanley Cup is a disappointment for them now. And I'm glad that we have that 2024 pick to maybe do something in the offseason to get a good player who's ready to play now. No, use that pick. Yeah, I think I I think for sure that that's going to be flipped in the off season. Nicole, you look like you're getting ready for uh, your uh, engagement that you told me you had going on before uh, before the show. So, are you, is your time with us winding down? Uh, I the table's ready, but I'm I'm here for however long you want me. No, we're good. We probably got about 10, 15 more minutes left. So if you just want to go ahead and dip out, you're good. We understand. Okay, perfect. That would be good. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, Thank you for having me. Your event there. Thank you yeah, for you, having yeah. me. Have a good one, Nicole. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Yeah, she, uh, she messaged me. She's like, hey, listen, she goes, uh, I had these dinner plans. They got moved up now. So I'm going to have to do the show on my way to dinner. I'm like, all right, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's nice to get an Islanders you know, person for that game. Yeah. I, I always try to get uh, as many different guests as I can. We, uh, I guess quick plug real quick for the show coming up, uh, on Tuesday, uh, four times Stanley cup champ, Darren McCarty's coming on HW. Oh, wow. Yeah. After the flyers, red wings game. Wow. That's a, that's a mega red wing right there. Yeah. That, that, that was about, I actually been trying to get him for, since we started HW at night back in the beginning of February, we started out with two red wings games back to back. And I was trying to get him for one of those. And him and his people are super cool, like actually awesome uh, uh, guys right there. They're like, oh, you know, that one doesn't work. What about this one? I'm like, oh, you know what? He's got this going on. Like, stay in touch. So I went and did some other stuff for a week or two, reached back out. And they stayed in communication, ch- checking in, trying to make it work. And we finally were able to coordinate and get it set up. So just, just a great group of guys. I'm looking forward to the show. But, uh, yeah, so quick plug for HW at night on Tuesday. You know, Darren McCarty coming on uh, about 1030 Eastern, following the Flyers-Red Wings game. But, uh, you know, back to the Drew trade. Um, and so I think we talked about it from the 
Florida side for the most part, but you, you have to think the Flyers did the best they could right now. Like, you know, do oh, you have ab- any complaints is what they got? No, absolutely not. Um, what do we have? We could have lost to G in the offseason. Anyway. What, what do we have to lose? A couple picks and a player who's probably seems pretty good and will help us. I don't think we lost at all. There's definitely some people that were super down on um, Tippett being the main like piece of the trade that just didn't think he was enough. It's but a three month player. What? I mean, what do you expect to get from for him? And you know, the fifty percent salary thing and stuff like that. But I, that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it, that's just for the rest of the season, like you said. It's, it's three months worth of a player, and. I mean, I guess there's always a possibility he does still come back in the offseason. I, I don't know what the exact conversation was between Chuck and Giroux. Um, I, I was talking with some guys about it earlier today, though, and if the conversation was something like this, Chuck goes, hey, where do you want to go? And Drew goes, well, listen, I don't know where I want to go exactly, I'm like, but I want to come back in the offseason. Chuck goes, oh, no, we're not going to do that. If that was the message Chuck sent, and then Drew was like, oh, well, screw you then. Like, This is where I want to go. This is the only place I want to go. Good luck getting a good deal. Again, I have no problem with Giroux swinging that around because, again, you don't give a guy no movement clause if he's not going to use it, right? But if the conversation wasn't quite that, like, hard, if it wasn't that, you know, like, cut and dry, if Giroux's like, hey, like, what do you think about me coming back in the offseason? And Chuck's like, oh, well, listen, like, I don't know. I haven't even got there, there yet. I'm just trying to get through the trade deadline. Like, we can definitely revisit that later. And in that case, Giroux's like, well, look, that, you know, man, I know you got some other offers, but like, I, you know, I think Florida is really what, really what I want to go. Like, those are two different conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they, like, those two people can walk away with two different perspectives of that conversation. So who knows if Drew, what was said, how he walked away. But if we traded Drew for three months worth of, of games and then he comes back in the offseason at a decent deal anyway, like then this is we fleeced him. It was absolutely a win. We just got a bunch of assets. Yeah. And we still have Giroux for, you know, and he wasn't doing anything for us this year anyway because we weren't going to make the playoffs. So we absolutely, it's a win. If he ends up coming back here in the offseason, it's, it's a 110% win for Chuck Fletcher. But I don't think I want him back. You know, I think, I mean, it's only one day. But first of all, I wasn't that upset when he went because I really think we need to end the era. We need to start in a new, new direction. And I think we'll just go back to the old ways if he comes back. The, so you're all about the PG era then? What's that? The, I said you're all about the PG era then, the post-Giroux era. That's yes, where we're the at. Era, the PG era. I, I am. I am. You know, I've seen the same – we've seen the same thing for how many years, making the playoffs every other year, you know, and and I don't know what the next moves are to make us a better team, but we need to move on. Yeah, I, somebody, uh, somebody posted out there about who we have coming up and just listed all the prospects – you know, for, uh, prospects or people that are already playing, but, you know, Frost, Forrester, Tippett, York, Zamola, Bobby Brink. Like, sometimes when you look at, you know, I, I try not to get suckered into the hope because, like, that's all it is. It's hope because they haven't proved yeah. anything yet. But when you look at it sometimes and you see kind of what they've done and, you know, it's nice to daydream about it. And, man, it's, it, it, if these guys, some of these guys do hit their ceiling, which I think is a big if considering this organization, but there's definitely talent in these young players and the guys we have coming up. And I mean, and who knows, man? I mean, Bobby Brink can make the team out of training camp next year. Yeah. Like, and I love the excitement of that because we're not going to reel in any free agents. No one's going to play here. And I don't even think there's anyone who's going to be all that exciting available, quite honestly, to make this team better. 
it's when it comes to free agents, it's so hard to project that because like you have guys on expiring contracts right now. It's like, oh, this is what the free agent class looks like. And then once the season's over, all these guys start re-signing with their clubs and just yeah. one or two of them makes it. So it's it's hard to even project that. But you you said something about nobody wanting to come here. Um, and that bothers me because my whole life, Philadelphia has been like a hockey town and a free agent destination, like a place free agents wanted to come to. And that just doesn't exist anymore. I don't like, think. Remember when Ronick came here and he's like, how exciting it was to wear the big P on his jersey, how excited yeah. he was. Like that made me feel so good. And you knew you had such a, you know, they haven't been around, like they only been around since 67 or whatever, but they're, they're a historic franchise already. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and Ronick was such a—he he was a guy who had such a great personality. Came here buying the buying the ticket to sit in the stands and sit there and watch the game. You know when he was hurt, like things like that. But I don't think, I don't think this franchise has the allure anymore. It, it, and, and it's a shame. Like whether it's just—I don't know if it's a lack of winning culture or a lack of just you know reverence for the history anymore. I, I'm not sure what it is, but I don't think this team, this franchise, in this city is a destination anymore. And I, I think, and I think other players see the inconsistency of the league of this team. I mean, it's you know a team that makes up the playoffs every other year. Why would you want to go play with that? I mean, you're not a constant loser, but you're not a constant winner either. You know, you're not gonna like. It's just there's no certainty when you come here, and I think people know that now. Yeah, it's the truth. I mean, winning tradition really does count for something, especially when you're playing in the best league in the world and competing against the best athletes in the world. You know, a franchise that can consistently make the playoffs. Like, there's a reason that Detroit was a destination for a long time and people would waive no trade clauses or go sign one-year deals in Detroit. It wasn't because of the city. It wasn't like the food in the city or, or, or the culture there. It's because they knew if they went to Detroit, they were making the playoffs. And all you had to do was get in the dance and then you, you had a shot. And we used to be a similar kind of team like that. It used to be like, listen, if you go to Philly, you know what I mean? You're, you're going for the playoffs. Like, you know, missing the playoffs isn't acceptable. I mean, you know, it's not something that, you know, is tolerated around here. And unfortunately, over the last 10 years, it's become something that's, you know, just commonplace now that, yeah, you know, we, we miss the playoffs, we make the playoffs. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, we're never a favorite when we do make the playoffs. It's like, oh, the Flyers can make a run here. No one ever thinks that. <laughs> it's like, congratulations, you made it. Yeah. Even the one year we did make a run to the Stanley Cup Finals, we won. We won a favorite. We got in on the last game of the season in a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, from what you were saying early in the show, this team looked good today. They looked like a confident team. They looked like a team with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and they Absolutely. played a, played a good game. And if that's the team we're going to get for the rest of the season going forward, uh, it'll be the best part of the season. If the next 20 games is going to be a team playing like that, win, lose, uh, it'll be worth watching them. They'll be a quality team to at least enjoy watching the games again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could sit here and watch games like today all year, all year. I could have. I would have enjoyed my life, you know. Yeah. I wouldn't have been an angry person if I saw what I saw today. <laughs> As, well, that, I was definitely the least, basically the least miserable I've been all year watching this game compared to the rest of the games. Because we could have went in the complete opposite direction, and we would have not been surprised whatsoever. Yeah, like, this we're, was we're, surprising. How well oh, they played today? It was one hundred percent surprising for me. I literally wrote about how their mental fortitude hasn't been there all season, and I expected them to wilt today. Like. <laughs> 
I had zero faith in them showing up and doing, doing <laughs> what they did today. I mean, and I, I think the island helped them. But I don't think the Islanders played all that well today. Yeah, and that, and that was another thing that was surprising. The Islanders, the way they played, I didn't. Ex- I expected them to bring more. They had won five of their last six games. Like they were, they were playing at an exceptional level coming into this game. So you know, I if you had told me that this the final score of this game was two one and one team outshot the other thirty seven to twenty seven, I said, oh yeah, that sounds about right for the Islanders <laughs> beating the Flyers. Like I would have thought it would be one hundred percent flipped. Yeah, and the thing is, like you know. The Islanders still had great goaltending against us, like they always do, and we, we still managed to win because our defense was solid. Yeah, first can say that. It's it's and it's in brawn, but I guess we don't need you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, Sir Oiken, you know he's been good, oh, man. Hey, but if I feel like the Islanders goaltenders, they see the both of them. They, they as soon as they see the Flyers, like okay, this is going to be my day to dominate right. every single time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sorokin's had some good games. He had a shutout on March 10th, uh, 39 of 42 shots on March 13th. He's won, He coming into this game, he'd won four straight. So, I mean, now he he was playing good coming into this game. So, him giving delivering a quality performance doesn't surprise me at all. But you're right. It, it, it seems like any time that, you know, Islanders play the Flyers, they're going to get quality goaltending regardless of who it is, you know. Yeah. They can call up the Zamboni driver and have, throw, have him throw him some pads and he, you know, put up, you know, 29 out of 30 saves. Yeah, I mean the goals the Hay scored today. You know they're hard to stop. You know there was defensive breakdowns. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, the, the it, one we created that. You know the Alfiajo. You know. Yeah, but. well, even that one, Hayes did his best to shoot that into the glove of Heroikin. Like, <laughs> yeah. like an inch and a half higher, and then and that's just you know a highlight reel save with Heroikin as opposed to the goal for Hayes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, now we're pushing up on the fifty minute mark, so yeah. uh, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Uh, any monologue you want to give, any speech, anything you want to hype up, the floor is yours. I just <clears throat> don't sell, don't sell the parts, don't sell the team. You know, <laughs> stay the course, everyone. Don't get so angry. You know, we do have good players here, and this year has been very weird. And I think, you know, with a nice summer off, I think we can come back refreshed, and we might have a great team that makes the playoffs next year. You don't know, but don't get so down. That's I my advice. I love to hear the positivity. It's nice. I, I, I'm usually trying to pull positivity out of everybody, so I'm glad to hear positivity coming from somebody else. That's it's nice to hear. It's refreshing. <laughs> glad to hear that giving back. It's nice. Uh, all right, hi and wide fam. For Natalie, I'm Delco Dave. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sounds